to continue to participate. And if, if you're struggling in it at all, just reach out and ask someone, hey, I'm struggling with this. Would you pray? There's people that come alongside of us to pray and believe and walk with us. I've had some of my kids struggle this week, so I know there's struggle in it. So, but we are together, unified going forward, right? Amen. Hey, I heard one yep. Are you unified? Yes. We also have this week on Wednesday, our kids go off to Children's Church. We're going to pray a blessing over them. So I want you to stretch your hands towards them. God, we lift up our children and we declare them righteous. We declare holiness over them. We declare that they would walk in purity and the love of God. We declare that they would have the mind of Christ. We declare that they would be faithful. That they would be integrate and have integrity, God. We declare that your spirit would be alive in them and moving through them. That they would see signs and wonders and miracles. We thank you, God, for moving in our children. That they would walk in divine health. That your favor would rest upon them. God, that you would give them wisdom and revelation in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. How many of you are excited for the word this morning? I want to encourage you as the word is coming forth. Felt really stirred about this. Um, After... Jesus rose from the dead. He found his disciples out on a boat. He saw them from afar. And they were doing what they do. They were fishing and they were catching nothing and nothing was happening in their world. And sometimes we can sit in a position and we can find ourselves doing what we normally do and just that normal groove and not finding success. And in our fast, we're believing for acceleration. And he called out to him and said, hey guys, what are you doing out there? And they're like, we're fishing and catching nothing. And he said to them, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And immediately it says, and so they cast it. And he sent a word to them, like you're going to receive this morning, a word from the Lord. And as they cast it onto the other side, there was so much that the boat couldn't even contain it. They caught over 153 fish all of a sudden. Do you think that's an acceleration? Do you think that that word and and them receiving the word and applying it caused that to happen? Well, the word is coming out to you. And maybe it's not, hey, throw it on the right side. Of the, of the boat so you can catch it. But there's something specific that the Lord is releasing in the house to you that you need to hear and then be as aggressive as throwing it onto the right side. Because God is bringing an acceleration in the church and in your lives that you need because he's doing a work that's necessary to cause there to be growth in our community and in this church. Fish jumping into the boat. Boat sinking kind of acceleration. Can you see it? So whatever it is, the word of God is going to come today and be that powerful that it can be that life-changing. So position your heart to say, okay, God, I'm ready to hear. Maybe like 
Shake your ears a little bit or something. Get yourself so ready. God, we don't want to do what we've always done just because we've always done it. We need the word of the Lord this morning to bring the acceleration and the growth necessary for kingdom work. God, we want to do kingdom work this morning. So we're preparing our minds and our hearts because we're desiring to be fruitful and see the multiplication of your spirit so alive in our world that we can't deny it any longer, that there would be growth unmeasured in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, that was good. You want to preach again? Okay, next week. Hallelujah. Ooh, yesterday, I finished working on my notes for the sermon. And I have some sad news for you. It was about, well, I timed it after I did that. And it came out to be two hours and 23 minutes. So I had to trim it down a little. I took out two paragraphs and a joke. Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. I want to let you in on a little secret. We are at war. We are at war. And it's a battle that's been going on for centuries, but today it's even getting stronger. We're in a fight for our lives, but it is a fight we will win. Because in Christ we are more than overcomers. We are more than victors. We are more than conquerors. In Galatians, I mean in Timothy it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. This combat that we are in is with human reason. And that's fueled by our adversary. Through the senses. You know, your senses give you all kinds of knowledge. Things that you can see and hear and taste and smell. Um, and whatever, whenever your mind leaves those, uh, that avenue of those senses, you move into the area of speculation, of theory, and, and uh, conjecture. But the Bible, the Bible doesn't deal with that. It deals with facts. There's no speculation in the Word of God. No theories, just declarations of fact. First thing I want to talk about is that God's Word is alive. See, the Bible is unique. It's a one-of-a-kind book. There's lots of good books out there, and some are real page-turners, I suppose. But the Bible is different because it's living and powerful. It's alive. Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of God is a living thing. It's active and powerful. Hallelujah. Everything in our lives rises and falls on our dependent, on our on the dependability of the word. In Numbers chapter 23, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said, and will he not do it? And has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Hmm. I like some of these verses I wrote on two or three about the word of God. In First Peter 1, 23-24, it says, you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I like that. Lives and abides forever. Forever. 
And then in verse 25, it says, the word of the Lord endures forever. And that is the word that was announced to you. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I like what the passion, the way the passion translates it. I memorized it in the King James. So if, if I read this and get some King James, you're going to get some mixture. But it says, and even that is different than my passion translation. I have two versions of the passion translation. I didn't know that. Mine says, God has transmitted his very substance to every scripture. For it is God breathed. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you in deeper paths of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature, perfect, prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Wow. I like what 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says. Paul's talking to them and he says, For this reason we thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which is also effectively working in you who believe. That's the word of the creator. It's the creative element of the universe. The word is always now. It has been, and it, it, and it is, and it will be. It's never old. It's always new and fresh. That's, there's something about the Bible that's so different than any other book. But it's like its author, eternal, unchanging, living. When I know his word is as authoritative today as it was when God spoke it, it's a living thing on my lips the living words of Christ on my lips, on his lips, will do the same thing, will do the same things today that it did when he spoke them. The word of God is speaking today and therefore I can speak with his authority. Remember his word. Remember, feed on his word, act on his word. Live in his word. The place of the word, the place that the word has in our lives settles everything. Soak in the word. Live in the word. Let the word work in you. In John fifteen seven, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words are living in you, you will ask what you will and it will leap into being. It will become a fact. The living word in our lips is like the living word in Jesus' lips. It's God's word that does things. His creative ability is in his word. When he spoke, the world came into existence. There's absolutely no limit to the ability of God that is unveiled to us in his word. The, the word is of God. It's very part of him. In the Bible, it says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's the outbreathing of God. It's the mind of God. It displays the will of God. It's God speaking to us. It's part of himself. It's living. God says, I watch over my word to perform it. I watch over my word. The word is the Father's voice speak, speaking to you. It's him 
sharing with you his heart. Love. It's as though he stood in the room and said, whatever you ask in my son's name, I will do it. I will give it to you. Or maybe he said, in my son's name, you can cast a demon out of that person. Or you can bring healing to this person. And you can bring salvation to that person. The name of Jesus is yours. He's given it to us. And it can be used anytime, any place. He has given us legal right to use his name so that we can rule over the adversary. He's made us the master of demons. Just, that's the bottom line. God is our father. We are his very sons and daughters. We have become the very righteousness of Christ. And, and because of that, we have boldness in his presence. We have boldness to ask him things. Not only does it give us boldness in his presence, but it gives us fearlessness in the presence of the enemy. Jesus cast out demons with his words. He healed the sick with his words. He calmed the sea with his words. And he's given us the ability to use his words. His own name has all the authority. If someone called you up and said, I'm depositing $5,000 in the bank for you. You can use it to pay your bills, take care of things around the house, whatever you want to do. Would you go to the bank? I mean, you got to understand, this guy has lots of money, but wouldn't it be any problem for him to give you $5,000? Would you go to the bank? I'd be the first one down there. Right? Even if you just give me $5, I'd be the first one. You could already wait to get to the bank. You'd give that, that note to the cashier and say, this person... Do you put this money in my account? Can I draw it out? I say, sure. You can have it. Is the word of your father to be trusted any less than the word of your friend? Even more. Are you totally convinced? 100%. God's word is 100% true. Are you totally convinced? Ask yourself that question. Am I totally convinced that God's word is true all the time? When I think about the, what God has done for us. I think about the, the progression that he's taken us through. You know, we were dead. You were dead. I was dead. In our trespasses and sins, there's nothing good in us. And we were without God. We were without hope in the world. Stay with me. This, the mic, say your name. The mic, say your name now. The mic, that was me, is dead. Crucified. Amen. The old man is crucified with him. In Galatians it says, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. In Colossians, it's, I'm dead. In Ephesians, I'm dead. That's the way you lived, dead. 
I don't know exactly how you do that, but you did it. And you were pretty good at it. You're dead. But then, Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. You must be born again. And it says in John chapter 1, to them who believed, he gave power to become the sons and daughters of God. He said, I've got a solution for your dead people. You must be born again. You must. So what happens if you're born again? It says if you're born again, you become a new creature. You become a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. And everything has become new. That's in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Do you believe that word? Not only were you crucified with him, you died with him, you were buried with him, you suffered with him, you were justified with him, you were raised with him, you're made alive in him, and you're seated with him. You're completely new. Old things have passed away, and I have become new. Say, I'm a new creation. I have been born again. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. Everything about me is new. I have been raised up with Christ. And I am seated in heavenly places in him. But there's a warning in scripture. All of that's true of you. But it says in James, if, if you look in the word and see the truth, and you forget, turn away, and you forget what God says about you. It says in verse 23 of James 1, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, he goes away, he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Don't forget. Don't forget what kind of person God has made you to be. You know? These are truths that are eternal. These are truths that are life-changing. And then, after all that all happens, I walk in the newness of life in Christ, in the life that he has designed, designed for me. I throw myself open to his new life in me. A new unveiling of what I am in Christ. Think about these scriptures for a second. Colossians 1.13 He rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. That's true. It's not hypothetical. It's not just we wish that would happen, but it did happen. You live in the kingdom now. You live in his realm. It's different than the earth. It's in the realm of the kingdom. He, he, he delivered me from Satan's, Satan's rulership and he translated me into his son's rulership. I'm in the kingdom. Or how about this verse? 
In Romans chapter 8, verse 31. So what does this mean? If God determined to stand with us, tell me, who could ever stand against us? That's true. God has determined to stand with you. So who can stand against him? You know, it's like that picture that Angela gave David. You remember, you've seen that picture somewhere, a little boy looking really brave because his dad is standing behind him who's really big. Yeah? Your God is standing behind you and he's really big. If God determined to stand with me, who could ever stand against me? God proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Not only did he say, I'll stand behind you, but I'll give you everything you need. In Second Peter, it says he is... But I'll come back, come to that verse. Then the verse, but then it kind of left me. But it says in there, he's given us everything necessary for life and godliness in him. Everything we need. Everything we need. He didn't leave anything out. If you come in a situation and you don't have what you think you need, you probably didn't need it. Because God is there. And he gives you everything you need. So often we, we change our perception to our senses. What I can feel, what I can taste, what I can touch. And I don't feel that. I need it. I don't feel it. We need to begin adjusting our minds to his kingdom. Because God doesn't withhold anything from me that I need. How about 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30? But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That's probably... Yeah, that's right. How much wisdom does Christ have? Since he was made unto us wisdom. How much wisdom does he have? Everything he needs. All. How about righteousness? He was made unto us righteousness. How much righteousness does he have? He was made unto you righteousness. And then it says, he was made unto you sanctification. How much does he have? That word, sometimes we... We look at that word, we read it, we think, well, I know what that means. But what it really means is that God has set you apart. He has, he has made you holy unto himself. He has set you apart for himself. The limits of sanctification are the limits of Jesus. The limits of wisdom are the limits of Jesus. When you find a limit to his wisdom, you'll know what the wisdom that you have access to, and but there is no limit. Yes, always. And the last one in that verse is redemption. He is our redemption. Hmm. What are the limits of his redemption? 
There aren't any. He is our life. And the limits of his life become the limits of our life. We are with him. One with him. You're connected to him. Our, sometimes our human reasoning pushes those things out. We don't like to think about them because they're too big for us. But that's what First Corinthians chapter 2 is talking about. There's a wisdom from man and a wisdom from God. Which wisdom do you follow? God's wisdom. Just the natural man can't receive those things. But the spiritual man, you can. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ. Every place he has given us his blessing. How blessed are you? Very blessed. Very blessed. Dare to act your part. Dare to let God use you. Dare to let his love reign in your life. Dare to do what he says. Dare to confess you are what he says you are. Amen. John, I, this is the verse that really started this whole message. In John 1.16. And it's a short verse. And it says, And of his fullness have all we received grace for grace. And of his fullness. His fullness. All we received. All the fullness and riches of Christ belong to you as a believer. Everything that he purchased, everything that he did for us, it belongs to you as a believer. Every believer, not just one or two, but every believer has received a portion of that fullness, that completeness. Our whole struggle, though, is whether we take the word of man or the word of God. To rest in God's word is the best other than man. How limitless our lives become when we realize the integrity of his word. When we know we have what he says we have. When we know that we are what he says we are. And when we know we can do what he says we can do. It takes the limits off. We step out of the, out of the limits of our human knowledge and into the boundless ability of God. Amen. I want you to stand up with me. Now, everybody face left. Okay. Now, I want you to repeat these statements, these declarations after me. Okay? Father, I make a commitment to you today, January 15, 2023. I step away and leave behind all my old life with all of my failings and shortcomings. 
Now take a giant step left. Amen. Then this, let's go on. This would include my old identity. My life of sin. And the power of Satan. The religious works of trying to please God. My old relationships with the word, with the world, and my old mindsets. Amen. Just stand there. Okay, now face front. Father, I make a commitment to you today, January fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three. Stomp your feet. Say, I will stand on your word today. Ephesians 6 says, take the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand. So I stand with you. Stomp your feet. I will not look at or listen to the lies of Satan. I will seek your kingdom and your righteousness at first every day. Your word will reign supreme in my life from this day forward. Father, you are the fountain of my resources. Because you are the strength of my life. You are my ability. You are the author and substance of my faith. And I am a partaker of your divine nature. Amen. Base right. Father, I make a commitment to you today, January 15, 2023. I am stepping into all that you have provided for me in Christ. Take a giant step right. And repeat these declarations. The Lord and I are going together. I have his ability, his wisdom, his love, his grace. And his strength to meet every issue that confronts me. I have physical strength for every need today. I have wisdom to meet every issue. I have love no matter what the occasion may be. I have his guidance. I am assured of his presence. And he will not let me fail. He is my, he is my sufficiency. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just rejoice 
in you today because you are everything we need. Your word has given us everything we need. We thank you for it, Lord. We depend totally, 100% on your word. It's so powerful, so true. Your word never fails. Your word never fails. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Put your hand in your heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in his grace today. Hold it just a minute before you go. Take him to the back. I have a copy of what we read, the declarations, and Rebecca's going to be by the back door, and she's going to give them out to you.